BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm a stand-up comedian, actress, and writer from New York City. And I'm Jackie Colbert. I have made my career as a comedian by using my insights and wit to make points. Funny points, but points. Look, I have good taste and too much common sense for just myself, so I'm going to share it with you guys. Okay, Allie, get over yourself. (laughs) And my younger sister and best friend Jackie is here to bring me back down to earth. Every Tuesday, Jackie and I are going to hang out with each other and some of our favorite people. And of course, respond to your questions and confessions. So send in your secrets. It's like church, but I'm Jewish and bisexual. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. This is not just any episode, but this is a very special episode to me because so many freaking things are happening today on the podcast. First of all, we are at a hundred episodes. I cannot even believe that 100 episodes of real pod. Like I, I I'm at a loss for words. I cannot believe over a hundred weeks real pod has been out there and you guys have been listening. It is just crazy to hit this milestone. And not only are we at a hundred episodes, but we have surpassed one million downloads. Whoa. It's like, I don't even know what to do when I get excited on the podcast because I want to scream, but I realize that you guys are listening to this in your ears. So I'm like, whoa, because I don't want to be like, ah, but really I've been screaming since I realized all these things. I also just want to say thank you so, 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 so much for listening to my podcast. Like literally, I just, I can't express what it means to know that you enjoy this show and you listen to it. I mean, you choose to listen to it. You take the time out of your day to press play on these episodes. And truly, that means so much to me. Whenever I meet someone and they say, oh, I listened to your podcast, I like double take. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I just literally, this show means so much to me. And to know that you're on the other side of it every single week, showing up and taking the time to listen and hear what I have to say and what my guests have to say and to really meet us in this space of realness and vulnerability and just being absolutely no filter means the world. I mean, to have your support and this celebration day would not be here if it weren't for each and every one of you who takes the time to listen. So please know how grateful I am for you all because I deeply understand that this milestone would not have been achieved without you. 
So today we are celebrating 100 episodes and 1 million downloads. So make sure you head over to the Instagram at RealPod because we're doing some special stuff there. And also on the episode today, I thought we could do something that I've always wanted to do on the show. And the timings never felt right. But then the 100th episode, 1 million download celebration came around and I was like, yep, this is the time. This is the episode. Today on the podcast, we are flipping the script a little bit and I am handing over the mic to my best friend, Aubrey. She's been on episodes where I did friend check-ins. She came on by herself and we talked about our friendship and she also was featured in my engagement episode with Max. So Aubrey is back and she is going to interview me. I know. I'm really excited to do this because in this really funny, ironic way, I've created this place for other people to come on and be real and share their story and what's on their heart. And I love doing that. And recently I was thinking, I want to do that too. You know, I want to give myself an opportunity to be really real with you all. And sometimes when I do a solo episode, it's hard to just do that and talk by yourself. And so I thought it could be really special and fun to have Aubrey interview me. And to those of you who follow the at real pod account, you were able to submit questions for Aubrey to use. So she's going to be using some of your questions today, some of her questions. And we're, we're going to jump into this episode. Um, that is an interview of me. So can't wait for you all to hear me in this light today. I am definitely getting open. Like what you're going to hear today is what I would tell you if you FaceTimed me IRL. So I'm really holding nothing back. I'm being vulnerable in this episode. I'm still figuring out and working on these things. This was only recorded like literally a week ago. So um, I got a therapy appointment coming up soon. <laughs> You'll still hear hear about that. So anyways, I'm just going to, you know what? You're going to hear me talk a lot this episode. So we'll just jump right into it. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Real Pod. I'm Aubrey Cabello. <laughs> I am so excited to be interviewing my best friend for her 100th episode of Real Pod with over a million downloads. Ooh, exciting stuff. Technically, this is actually episode like 117 because I did not have my life together when we hit 100. But it's okay. We can just, you know, we're pretending. The last thing I would describe Victoria as is not having her life together, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll overlook that. I'm like so nervy right now. I'm so nervous. My, uh, I'm like anxious. I know this is like so weird. We're we're literally laying on the bed, mm. just staring at each other. I was debating if I should sit up in a chair because I'm like I need to be focused, and then I just feel like I, in general, am way too. It has to be perfect, and I just sit up, and, I, and I'm just like I need to just relax, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, let's start with how I thought this episode was going to go. When Victoria <laughs> asked me to do this, I thought we were going to be talking about her journey up until this point and how she became an influencer. And Victoria was like, no, let's do a interview today about how I am right now. Yeah. Because I feel like no one ever asks you that. Right. And that was so funny that even as my best friend, you're like, okay, cool. So we'll talk about like the TED Talk and then how you grew. And I'm like... No, no, no. I'm like, I want this. <laughs> Ask me how I am. How I am now. Like, I feel like I've been telling the same story over and over again for four years now. And 
it's not like, like, of course I recognize how my experiences as a college athlete and sharing those experiences allow me to be here today. But recently I've really felt a disconnect between this version of me that lives in the past. Totally. And who people think of me as, and I'm in a different place now. And it's like the reason why I don't want to do a lot of podcast interviews anymore because people will reach out. Will you do an interview for my project? Will you be my podcast? And I'm always telling Elise who helps me with all the book. I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't want to do one because I know it's going to be an hour out of my day where I sit down and someone goes, okay, Victoria. So when you first stepped foot on USC's campus and I just sit there like, oh, with like a knot in my stomach, like I've said this a hundred times and it's been hard for me too with the public speaking because recently before a talk I gave at Ithaca, um, it was virtual though, I like had a breakdown. I was like crying all day long because part of me just dreaded having to reshare this story about a time in my life that was so dark for me. Totally. And it's this weird thing where like I've built a platform out of it that I love and I'm so grateful for, but I am struggling to shift to, hi, like I exist now. No, totally. (laughs) I think that people overlook the fact that your story didn't start and end at USC Volleyball with the stuff that you talk about in colleges. Like, it's grown so much since then. And I feel like, knowing you as a person, like, you are a completely different person in the best way. Right. And I think there's more to be said in an interview right now with right. you than when you were in your darkest place. It was just funny, though, because when you said that, I'll, so you're like, so I'll do it this. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, can we just talk about, like, how I am today and, and, and my life now? And so right. I am excited to do this because when people do interview me on their podcast right. and they start with, like, this whole narrative about USC Volleyball, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm like, you could get such a better interview out of me if you just, like, ask me, how are you doing today? Yeah. Like, so but, let's freaking do the thing right now. Okay. We'll I'm get excited. that interview right now. <laughs> okay. How would you describe yourself and your profession and your career all in one breath? I, okay, let's start with the profession. I, it depends who I'm talking to. Like it really does because I could say a million things. Like I could be like, oh, I'm a former TED Talk speaker. Or I'm a current public speaker and I visit universities and talk about mental health. I could say I'm a social media influencer. I could say I'm a content creator. If I think they're going to view the word influencer weird. You're talking so fast. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> you're okay. never you're never being interviewed. So I know. <laughs> I'm like, you're talking at the speed I'm of like, light. I have so much to get out about who I really am. <laughs> you only have an hour to do it. Okay, so. I'm taking a deep breath. Okay, there's a lot of things that I can say about what I do. Something, though, that comes to mind is obviously, regardless of if it's a TED Talk speaker, a social media influencer, it all does come back to the content of that material. And it is about realness and vulnerability. Right. And along with that comes mental health, anxiety, depression, as well as body image, um, having past uh, issues with food and, and how I ate and how I looked in the mirror. I will say, though, I am currently struggling. <laughs> is this a therapy session? Yeah, Vic, Vic's laying with her feet up. I'm like, literally like, laying the way I would in therapy. And I feel like I'm, Aubrey's like asking me a simple question. And I'm like, so at the heart of this, <laughs> <laughs> let me just unload everything up until here. Yeah, I guess where I'm with now is, you know, I do feel like there are so many buckets that I do do. Like I'm also the founder of a nonprofit that's really important to me. And I feel like that doesn't get enough light and attention. That's the hidden opponent. So that's like low key, the coolest thing that you do. <laughs> it's so incredibly special. And, and so I guess similarly with this, you know, who I was then and who I am now, I definitely feel like it's not clear to me what 
exactly well it's not not clear to me what I do but I what do your title is struggle when it's everyone who follows me or listens to me or whatever they view me as something different for them lots of people will say oh, totally. you're the body image girl eating disorder recovery girl other people will say you are the athlete who talks about anxiety right other people will say you know I love this and that and, and honestly, then we got the haiku homies yeah. and that's a whole different category <laughs> the haiku homies <laughs> let's freaking ride so you know I think I have an identity like struggle with that too because totally. I never know what people want from me right and then lastly about my personality was part of the question I would consider myself outgoing, confident, socially, um, like fearless. You know, like I'll grab the mic, I'll stand up in front of a crowd. And you've always been like that. Yeah, I will say I do get insecure about people thinking I might be more positive than I really am. This was my next question. Can Mm -hmm. I go into it? My next question was, what is your personality really like? Are you generally really bubbly? Or do you feel like you always have to have an expectation to be happy and mindful because your whole life is online. Right, right. I never act differently than how I feel. So I think that's the most important thing is if yeah. I'm posting something, mm, <laughs> me thinking of like a video I had to film when I was in a bad mood, but I had to film it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always authentic until I need to work. <laughs> I'm always authentic unless there's a contract and I have to submit a video. No, but I, I really, I would never lie about like my emotions. Like I've never said it's a great day when it's not a great Completely. day. However, I do think it is a lot harder to pull out the camera and film when you're not feeling amazing. So when people consume my content, yes, they are seeing a very positive version of me. And I do get candid about the times I'm not feeling amazing. I just think I can be a little bit more like, I don't even want to use the word bitchy, but I definitely can be reserved. I was going to say reserved, yeah, not bitchy at all. I definitely can be quiet and like not approachable. Right. Which is, which I think would be wild for you like, to right. hear. Yes. You know, I'm just like, yeah, that's you. <laughs> we're like out, we're out at the bars this weekend meeting people. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm like, I, I hate small talk. I'm like, if someone can talk to me, I don't even want to talk. Like we're like in the bathroom. She's like, oh my God, are you just drained? I'm like, no, <laughs> we're at a party. But you know what? I go in waves because the week totally. before that, I, I'm so outgoing. I want to meet people. Yeah. I go in phases. I can be very introverted. I can be very extroverted. Yeah. And but I, you're never, you're never acting differently than how you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. Ever. Even yeah. if that comes off reserved, unapproachable. Definitely. It's authentic. And I'm never, I would never, As, yeah. that's not it at all. I just think I definitely have moments where I don't want to make a new friend. I don't want to have a conversation that's surface, surface level. level. Like, and I don't know why that is. But on other times, I'm so... But no one... I feel like no one would ever know that. Like, if someone did come up to me and was like, hey, it's so nice to meet no. you. Like, they would never know that yeah. I was thinking, oh my God, I wish I was like alone in my room right now. Right. <laughs> Except for your close friends. Victoria is so real that she cannot hide a single emotion <laughs> on her face. Like, everything she is thinking is written all over her face, which makes it easy to yeah. be authentic no, and real all the but, time. No, it's really bad, though. Like, I can't even... Like, Aubrey will look at me and Victoria face because we're somewhere with people and my face is just like I hate this she's literally standing there with like earplugs in being like okay can we go now yeah no oh yeah I have earplugs into the concert yeah but wait to reiterate I, I hate that the b word was I know that, that was not I, accurate. I said that about myself which just goes to show that I feel 
like that my anxiety voice that's always criticizing me in my head right. is like if you're not always happy then you're a bitch right and like that's I feel like just, that's like a baseline feminist concept right like, you don't have to be smiling all the time right. as a woman oh my god I love that you just said that it's so true like but my the way I perceive myself is if I'm not always nice and happy and smiling the voice in my head's telling me like I'm the worst totally so I think it's I honestly love that we just called that out no totally See, this is therapy. and like Thank guys <laughs> guys never worry about that if they're right. not smiling they're just like oh I'm not in the mood sorry or, like Welcome I don't want to like breaking the glass ceiling with yeah. Victoria Garrick <laughs> um this is this is a good lead into my next question of what is something people misunderstand about you I love this this is my favorite question actually and we're not really strangers this is a question oh. in that game you know, the thing that I keep coming back to is, and I don't know if this is really how others perceive me, so you could tell me, right. but sometimes I feel like the way that my experiences with mental health and binge eating and stuff are viewed or talked about, it's almost like thrice removed. Yes. And it's all about like me inspiring or in this weird way, I still, oh my God, am I going to cry? Oh my God. Oh, I'm a good host. In this weird way. <laughs> yeah. I still feel like people don't understand like what that really felt like for me. Absolutely. Like I feel like I, and I think this is something that has been tough for me recently is like what I talk about is so real for me. Totally. But I have no choice but to put on this business hat and think, well, is this good content? Would this go viral? Would this help someone? How does this grab someone's attention when they're scrolling on a feed? You know, like, it's like I have so many hats that I wear that when I do zoom out and I think like the content of this post is suicide prevention or it is my performance anxiety or it's like compulsive eating. It's really dark for me. And I was on the phone with my mentor, uh, Nicole, last week. This is before the Ithaca talk when yeah. I was freaking out. And I was just saying, I was like, I feel like I put on this face and I like give this presentation and I like tell the story because like, it's so hard for me to just like think about and like really feel the words that I'm saying. Right. And she's like, okay, like, so you're dissociating. <laughs> you're like, oh, I thought it was yeah. just a performance. <laughs> I know. I'm like, whoa, y you know? And so, I mean, it just, it is so hard for me to be present with the words that I'm saying. It's emotionally taxing. Totally. But then as a result, I feel really weird about it what was the question <laughs> what oh what is something people misunderstand about you that's okay keep going we okay you created this podcast for guests to come on and cry and today you are the guest so let's Wait, continue the tears. I, I fucking love that no but that why is that so true like it's so true and it obviously like so what about you feels i hear the word misunderstood i just start crying yeah you know i guess i feel like that's it like I feel like people will say, oh my God, like you're the mental health advocate and it's such a surface level thing for me. And I'm like, no, like I thought about dying. No, literally. <laughs> it's like I, at the beginning of this, we were like, no one asks you how you are today. And like, <laughs> yes, yes. You had these traumas that you talk about all the time. Like we've come out of them, but like you live that, you right? know? Right, exactly. And so I think I'm in a place in my life where it really, really has been hard for me to keep doing that. And totally. I like I said this um, on the phone with Nicole. I'm like, sometimes like just to me, I was really zooming out on my life that day. And I was like, OK, like I'm literally about to like throw myself emotionally and mentally back into a mindset that I was in 
four years ago. Like I literally pulled up my TED talk to like get in the zone. Right. Like, I put up, I was like, I gotta, I gotta remember like how these athletes are feeling that I'm about to speak to so I can connect with them. I pull out my TED talk. I literally start crying in the first like three seconds of watching it because I'm just like immediately remembering like how much pain I felt right. like on that stage that day. And so I think my zooming out thing is like, here's a girl that is so happy right now. Right. She's engaged to the love of her life. She's got amazing friends. She like, fine. Oh my God. Aww. This is so sad. No. And like, she finally figured out like a social life and oh, has literally. friends and like is enjoying it. And I'm sitting in my room trying to throw myself into this mindset that I worked so hard to get out of. Totally. Oh my God. Totally. Sorry. I like to do Don't be sorry. This, this is the point. Oh my God. But, I'm like having a break. You know, well, but most people like, most people have the luxury of resolving their trauma after they live it and then moving on and continuing. And with no their one life. even knows. No like, one. They no only one. talk to their therapist yes, about it. Yes. Yes. And I think too, another component of this is like, well, if I am a happy girl who's happy and starts posting about her engagement and her fun life, am I not relatable? Right. Do people not care about right. me anymore? No. And that's I mean, hard for me. I do I have know. this fear of being abandoned by everyone who says that they like love me. I'm like, well, do you only love me when it's like when it's a like cost to raw? me? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that is something I struggle with. Okay, what's next? <laughs> no, no. I mean, holy shit, this is going well. All right. <laughs> this could not be more perfect because today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I say perfect because literally after recording this episode with Aubrey, I scheduled a therapy appointment because I was like, yeah, I need to talk to someone. It just sounds like I'm struggling with something I can't figure out myself. And I would love the help and the extra ears while I'm going through this. And it is so important to ask for help if we feel that way or if we just want to check in. And if you go to betterhelp.com slash realpod, they will assess your needs, whether it's anxiety, depression, relationships, trauma, grief, or family conflicts. BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist who can start communicating with you in just under 48 hours. The coolest part is that you can message your counselor anytime and get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without having to sit in a waiting room. You can do this from the comfort of your bed, your house, your college dorm, whatever it is, you can access this on your phone. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I love this feature of BetterHelp because it's so important. You vibe with your counselor and they really allow you to make sure that that happens. BetterHelp is more convenient and affordable than in-person therapy and financial aid is even making it even more affordable. In fact, BetterHelp has become so popular that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. So if you want to start living a happier life today, you can get 10% off your first month as a RealPod listener by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash RealPod. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RealPod. Okay. Oh, here we go. In what way are you still growing in your self-love journey? Mm. Yeah, I love this. It's a little more uplifting. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing I'm trying to step into, which is, oh, this is unique. 
Gosh, this is like when you and your best friend think you're therapists. This is us this right is now. Us. We do this. We do this all the time. We like, do this all the time. Like when you think you're a therapist, I'm like, oh my god, I have a thing, and I'm drawing a conclusion, and like <laughs> I'm pulling it, tying it back to earlier in my life. Okay, so I think I'm currently trying to give myself the courage and and be brave enough to be who I want to be right now, and like like even if it is not going to be relatable for someone or if they came here for eating disorder totally. recovery and I'm not posting about that anymore because I want to talk about these other like the wedding or these other things. Right. And and I don't there's not the only thing I want to talk about in my life isn't this wedding, you guys, but like that just keeps coming to mind as an example. Totally. Because I do feel like I like haven't been able to really live in that as much because yeah. of what I do. So I think I'm currently trying to give give myself the confidence to be who I want to be right now and do what I want to do, even if right. it means people are going to follow me and right. they're not going to care anymore. And the thing that makes it so interesting, are you with me on this? I, keep going, keep going. Was that this is how everything started. Was I was like, hashtag real post. Yes. Because I don't care anymore yes. about looking perfect and being pretty and yes. trying to do this thing that people want me to do. Like in my little social life at USC. And so I went hashtag real post. And did I lose followers and likes? Yes. Yeah. But then it like led me on this journey to being here now. And now I think I'm at a new crossroads of like, well, am I really going to step into what hashtag real post means? Which is right. I want to be myself now. Right. Like a hashtag real post doesn't have to be only based on the negative and the sad and the traumas. Like, right. Hashtag real post could be happy shit that's happening to you now. Right. And so that's what I'm currently teetering with is like really stepping into what I want my like 24th year of life to be about right. regardless of what I think others want it to be. Yeah. That's that's, that's moving. Truly. <laughs> Has your mental health taken a toll since your platform increased? What boundaries do you set for yourself? Hmm. I actually think like my mental health has never been as bad as it was like my sophomore year of college, junior year of college. Yes. <laughs> it was a little dark. Aubrey's like, I relate. A little dark. We were roommates at the time. That was a sad going little some... room. That <laughs> <laughs> was a sad little room. Tiny little teensy oh my God, room. That was that we, so we were, dark. Our, our mental health was so bad that we thought that we had black mold. We were like, it can't be us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We did. We were like, why are we so messed up in the head? We're like, there's got to be mold in here. We're like opening all the cabinets, trying to find black mold. It's just us. Just like, how about we open that box you put away in your head instead? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what was the question? Sorry. Okay. Um, oh, it was, oh, the was your mental health. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what boundaries do you say? I actually think social media and my relationship with my audience has meant so much to me that it is only been great really I haven't felt as down in any way shape or form as I did you know at that time in my life so it's only been really positive for me I will say sometimes I do feel so connected to people online and not connected to those in my life like that was something that I struggled with last year during the pandemic was like once I guess like I had this moment where I thought, oh my God, I have all these messages and these people who are like, I would love to be your best friend. I would kill to go to the movies with you. You know, you're so cool. And then I would like put my app away and I'd have no texts. Like right. no one's asking me to hang out. Like the girls I do know don't want to be friends with me. You know, like that's how I felt. And you guys are probably think, well, how's Aubrey? Aubrey's always been my main <laughs> 
I ain't going fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But she, her and Natalie live in San Francisco. So yeah. I just never like, you know, when I talk about LA, like I just didn't have people there. So I think, you know, it hasn't taken a toll on my mental health. I will say it is a really weird dynamic to go from this this place on my phone where hundreds of thousands of people like me and want my attention. Yeah. And then when I put my phone away, there's only a few people in my life. Totally. Totally. That's a good follow up with your close friends. How do you approach your mental health and like maintaining those relationships while also sharing on Instagram? Yeah. And this is funny because one of my biggest things that was really affecting me was because my platform is so real and honest, I am always sharing what's going on to the point where like a guy who I used to take Jor 306 with at USC Annenberg, like when I run into him three years later, he's like, apartment with Max looks good. Saw you were struggling with this and there. Like he knows everything. About, I like barely even know this guy. And I am like, I haven't seen you in three years. I don't know any, I don't even know anything about you. And he knows right. everything just from keeping up with my Instagram. Right. And so what, what was happening was my really good friends like were becoming desensitized totally. to me and my feelings because I'm always posting it. And I understand that. Like if I'm thinking roles reverse, like if you were always posting about every little up and down and then I was always calling and texting you like, hey, I saw this on Instagram. Like, how are you feeling? Or blah, 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 blah. Like, like I eventually would just become desensitized. I'm like, oh, Aubrey is just posting these things. That's what she does. And so that's what happened to me is I would be posting how I really felt and none of my friends would reach out like, oh my God, you had this horrible day or I know you've been feeling anxious this week or you've been depressed. Like no one would reach out. And then I was like, damn, I was like, I see all my friends who are viewing this story that's really like hard for me, but none of them are checking in on me. Right, right. And as you guys, please don't come for me. Please don't come <laughs> for me. I'm just gonna- Well, before you even say what you're okay, about to okay. say, let's give them the con- like more of the story is- I was gonna, okay. So basically Victoria called me, I think it was like mid COVID and she was like, hi, like you never call me. You never check in on me. Like, I feel like we're falling out of touch. And in my head, I'm like, I know exactly what's going on with you all the time. Like, I don't need to catch up with you. Right. So like we kind of had this realization and I was like, I, I need to mute your story so that we can. Well, you didn't even tell me that. You just Oh, did I it. just did it. And then our relationship got so much better. Yeah. Aubrey muted my Instagram stories, but now she'll call me and be like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Yeah. And it's nice for me because I'm like, oh, you didn't see it on Instagram. Right. I'm like, well, I did this and that. And, yeah. Or she's like, how are you feeling? And so I thought that was so interesting because I didn't even think about you know, how it might feel for a friend, like why they weren't reaching out as Aubrey's like, I am a thousand percent up to speed. Like, right. I follow you online. Yeah. And that, you know, and so I thought that's actually been a really good solution for us because you'll be like, you know, asking me these basic questions that I, I miss people asking me. Right. No. And I think it like allows us to have our organic friendship that we've always had without Right. Me following your YouTubes to see your apartment. You right. Know what I mean? and like, right. Like I can actually FaceTime you and show you my apartment like a normal friend. Would. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. But if I do have a funny story, I'll send it to her like you have to see this. Yeah. And like when we're like <laughs> messaging. It's not like I never watch your stories. It's just like it's not always popping up. Like yeah. Victoria posted the story. But so, yeah, I mean, that's an example of how it's been tough to navigate like my real close relationships with online. Wait, wait. So on the same note, do people get annoyed with your filming and content and do you ever want to just be able to completely unplug you by people you mean like friends and family friends and family just people around you mm -hmm. I guess 
I mean, even Max, like, you know. It's so funny that you asked that because Max, one of the things that he does without me even asking him that I am so grateful for and it what makes our relationship, it, it helps make our relationship so solid given my career is he never has ever snapped at me, put your phone away, like stop looking at your phone, stop posting. Like, and that to me has been great because and I've addressed it with him. I was like, I just want to say thank you for like, like if we're going out on a date night and we are leaving at seven, I hop in the car and I'm like, sorry, I'm just finished. Like when, because content just happens. Like right. we're in the elevator. I'm like, oh my God, our outfits are like, I, I'm feeling like my jeans are too tight. I want to quickly post a story about this. He's never like, babe, yeah. it's date night. Put your phone away. Right. Which is, I'm so lucky and um, thankful that he allows me that space to be creative because content is a full-time job. And if I'm having a feeling in the moment, most of the times I, I want to share it. I want to post about it. Um, so I'm so glad that like, I don't think our relationship could work with my job if he didn't give me that. And I will say I am mature and self-aware enough to know when like, I got to put my phone away. Like I, I'm at dinner and I want to focus with him. I will say with friends and family, I definitely do try to be cautious of it. Even like Natalie one time came to visit me in LA and my mom like came to lunch with us it was something along the lines of like halfway through the day, Natalie was like, we were like kind of like feeling weird with each other. Like we knew there was something up and like I was feeling like my mom bulldozed into my lunch with my friend and like just took over the whole conversation. And I was annoyed because this is my friend who's in town. I never see her. I'm like, mom, I know you love my friend, Natalie, but like whatever. And then because they were doing that, I pulled out my phone because I was like, I don't want to sit here and feel like the third wheel of my mom and my friend who came to visit me. Right. So I pulled out my phone. And Shout then, out, Lainey. Yeah. Halfway through the day, Natalie was annoyed with me because she was like, you're just on your phone. I've been talking to your mom all day. And I was like, well, I'm annoyed that like you've been talking with my mom all day. <laughs> so that was a, I thought that was a that's really, a really good point, Diane. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. <laughs> I thought that was like a really good call out. And that's just an example of someone being like, look, I want to spend time with you. Like you're on your phone and me realizing my phone's become a safety for me right. when I don't feel like I'm involved in a situation or I'm excluded or I'm not in, like whatever I turn to it. Do you feel like it's it's like you can go online to get that validation rather than like be in I don't know when you're not getting in person with your friend like do you think you can go to your fans and followers and like get that out of that? Yeah that's a super interesting thing to bring up. You know I don't I don't think I do. Okay. I will say though, there are days where I am alone in my apartment or I'm alone at night and I can be like, let's do a Q and A. And then I can have this like really, like I can, I can That's turn so to that to have yeah. conversations with hundreds of people and ask, sometimes I'll be like, tell me about what you're doing tonight. Like, you know, or I can go live. And so I do think I have an interesting cop out yeah. for the nights that someone else might just have to sit in silence. Because I feel like social media for most people without a following is a source of anxiety. Like mm -hmm. if I'm alone in my apartment on a Saturday night with nothing to do and I go online and I just get severe FOMO. That's so true. Looking at all these people at concerts and out and with all their friends, like that's horrible. That's the last thing I want to do. Right. That's so true. Whereas for me, social media is such a positive place where right. I feel. I will say though, I do have, I think my FOMO comes from like, oh my God, that influencer got invited to this event or everyone's talking about yes. her, but like, why not that? You know? So I do think that's been something I've had to mute some of my friends who always do cool things, who go on these trips, who do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, why didn't I get that deal? Or why didn't yeah. that brand reach out to me? So, you know, that's my version of it. Yeah. It's like, there's always 
something. There's always some form of like, I don't know, FOMO on social media. I feel like we might have covered this, but I feel like you've come so far in your social life with friends. You kind of want to share where you're at now with that. Yeah. I feel like your followers were there for you when you were like, I have no friends Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. This has been something that's been like really exciting for me this past like 2021, honestly. I always was someone who was very closed off to lots of friendships. Like I was like, I have my, literally, I was like, I have Aubrey and Natalie and Max. And so I was like, you know, I like, what more could a person need? But in a bad way, I like didn't let myself open up. Oh, and I had these standards. So I would open up to people, but if they weren't like immediately my best friend, super trustworthy, like if they didn't act exactly how I wanted them to, like I was like, no, 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 I don't want friends with you. So I had this really unhealthy, insecure, like high expectation approach to friends. And as a result, I never really was able to make any friendships outside of like the the three close ones that I had. And that made me feel really insecure. I did not feel like I had a girl group. I mean, you know, every birthday from the past, like pretty much four or five years has been, I'm so anxious about my birthday because everyone does these dinners. Everyone has these pictures and these friend groups. And I'm like, well, Natalie goes to different school. Max is at Pittsburgh. Aubrey's at SC. And like, I'm going to invite Aubrey's friends who are my friends only because they're friends with Aubrey. Like, and I'm inviting these girls from the team. We don't know. Like, I just always felt like I don't have this group and I felt so insecure about it. Over the pandemic, I really had time to reflect. And a few things that I learned were like the way that I was the problem causing this. You know, I used to think, oh, it's other people are not good enough or they're not, no one's as good a friend or they don't get it. But really it was me. It was two things I really had to change that have allowed me to feel like I'm making such better friendships now. And the two things were that I kind of sat down and realized and then wanted to put into action was not taking these personally. So if someone doesn't invite me somewhere, if they don't text me and reach out, if they don't, if they're not the one that invites me first, not take that personally. Everyone is different. It might not mean they hate Victoria Garrick and they don't want to be my friend. That's just might be how they roll. And so not taking things personally has been huge because I used to be like one and done. If you don't invite me, if you do right. this, I don't like you. So that's been huge. Just I'm, I've allowed myself more forgiveness to understand everyone has their own lives. It's not about me. Um, the second was not labeling things. I feel like I approached friendships like dating. Like I was on the first yes. date, like, could you be a bridesmaid? You know, like yeah, the same way that's, girls. That's, that's how yeah. I approach hinge dates. I'm like, right. maybe you're my husband. No, literally. And that's how <laughs> I'm like, that's not going to work. Exactly. That's how I was approaching friendships. And I was so analytical and like, I didn't allow anyone a chance. And so. You should tell that story about when you took that, went to lunch with that girl. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. went to lunch with a girl um, who I met, who was Aubrey's friend. And I was like trying to create a friendship with her. And I was looking back to Aubrey. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, she was on her phone her whole time. She didn't like ask me questions about me. And Aubrey, what'd you say? Yeah, Victoria was like, I was so present the entire time. And like, she seemed like she had other places to be. And I was like, yeah, but this girl doesn't know that you just took her on a friend date to interview her as number four on her list for like best <laughs> friends. Right. Like, this girl was like, oh, cool. I'll grab Aubrey's like, you, you approach class. this, like picking out your outfit, thinking about being friends forever. And she was just like, yeah, I'll grab lunch with you, Vic. Yeah, like, exactly. She didn't care. So not labeling things has been huge. Just like I have a relationship with this person and I'm not going to think about if they're a bridesmaid. I'm not going to think about if they're a best friend. I'm not going to think about like, I'm just being present with this person. I'm enjoying life with them. 
that's been huge. And then third is like giving everyone an opportunity like to get to know them. And so and making an effort, you know, and through yeah. that, I really feel like I've been able to create like a few more friendships this year that have been really special to me. And I do feel like I have things to do on the weekends and I have a social life. And even like my mom will be like, I'm so happy for you. You got all these things to do because I did it before. <laughs> I know. And, and like even talking about wedding stuff, bridesmaids, whatever, it's it, it's so solid. Well, I think I have been the one trying to push back with like not you. Like I do feel like I have tried to embody those like guidelines. I don't like the word rules, but those like friendship guidelines so much so that even when my mom will be like, wait, this person, you want them oh, there? I'm me like, too. Oh, yeah. yeah you've been and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, yeah, like at this stage in my life, like, you know, I think. I'm like, I don't know you so anymore. So now I think I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, she's so inclusive. I don't know these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, all right, big, whatever you want. <laughs> no, but it's so good. Like Victoria's main thing with this wedding has been being like, well, why, why would I draw a line in the sand with this person? Right, I don't like, that's the tough thing about weddings is with invites and all this stuff. It's like, you really feel like you're drawing a line in the sand and I don't want to be the one to do that. It's, you know. Especially because she's the first one. To get married, yeah. And then people, I think, receive the invitation or lack thereof right. as like a message about your relationship with them. You know right. what I mean? Back to the note of friendships though. Speaking of drawing a line in the sand and like how it was very black and white with friends. I recently had a friend do something that like was kind of shady. And I in the past would have been like, I'm going to call her out right now. I am going to get to the bottom of this. I can't believe, you know, X, Y, Z. But in this situation, I was like, okay, I saw a true color. And can I understand why this person did that and understand that they probably know what they did and they feel insecure about it. And like, like I had such a mature approach to this and I'm still close with this person and I love her, but that's not how the old me would have handled it. Oh, not at and all. And I think it yeah. just showed me a lot of maturity. Like, I don't have to call everything out. I don't have to. I can just keep notes and understand everyone's yeah. got their own agendas. And like, you know. Again, not take it personally. I, and I can and I can feel for them. Like, I think compassion has been huge for me. Is other yeah. people have feelings and thoughts and agendas in life. And that's great for them the same way I do. It's not yeah. always me and how people can serve my agenda. You know? Right. Totally. Like, approaching things with empathy, I think, is huge. Right. Let's circle back to your profession a little bit more because I think that's interesting. What are your goals 10 years from now? That's okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Just drop that bomb. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, Vic, 10 years from now, what do you want me? <laughs> I'm like, not, not an hour or two from now, not two years, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So I was, and I've said this actually a few on a few different podcasts, but I'm glad I'm sharing it on RealPod for, you know, my RealPod squad. I was so goal-oriented uh, my whole life with volleyball, with, I mean, even high school, I want these grades. I want to go to the school. Volleyball, I want to start. I want to do this. I want to be here. So goal-oriented. And I really do feel like I missed out on the process because of that. Interesting. So in my professional life, I swear to God, I am just trying to wake up every day, be true to myself, serve the people who support me to the best of my abilities, go to bed and do that the next day and do that the next day. And I hope that when I look back five, 10 years from now, I'm somewhere pretty cool. And I think in doing that, it has allowed me to be open to opportunities that arise, consider things. Um, I once heard someone say, if you set a goal for yourself, you're also setting a limit because 
Oh, I love that. That's what your mind um, thinks you can do. And what if you could do more, you could do different. Oh, interesting. The person that actually said that was Ron Boss Everline on an episode of Real Pod. He's Kevin Hart's personal trainer. If you want motivation, go scroll down and listen to Ron Boss Everline's episode. But he basically said that to me. And he was like, you know, he was like, you put, you say, oh, I want to be here. Well, what if you could have been higher than that? What if someone approached you about something different and you didn't consider it because you in the past predetermined where you wanted to be in the future? Yeah. And so I love that. And so, you know, I don't know where I'll be in 10 years. I hope it's somewhere where I feel fulfilled and happy. And I also think I can feel however I want to feel in 10 years. I have the power and the ability to feel right now. You know? Yeah. I don't need whatever. It's like a very mature answer. Yeah. Because you you are so goal oriented usually, Mm -hmm. you know? And And I think that that has almost been like to my detriment in the past. And I think that what I just said, I think is the most important thing for me is I can cultivate the happiness and the joy right now. Like literally what, what don't we all currently, like we have blessings, we have things in life that we need to appreciate and that can bring us joy, right? It's like, like Dr. Vrude Sony said on RealPod, happiness is not a place you arrive to. It's a state you cultivate. It's not somewhere you're going to get, or you're going to be when you get money or you get a ticket or you get a job. It is something you can cultivate around you right now. And so I'm, and this is hard for me. I'm doing my best to yeah. reel in all my hopes and dreams and be like, right now, let's enjoy life. Like, even with Max, like just this year celebrating our love and, and what that's like, I really want to live in that happiness and that like, this is joyous. Yes. Like this is the, this is the goal you set like as a little, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the goal, not that, for, not that getting engaged was a goal, but like, I think the goal for me is being present and finding happiness like today. Yeah. How do you then, balance that with motivating because I think having goals is a huge motivating factor towards getting places. Great question, interviewer Aubrey. Oh my God, thank you. I just came up with them. I know. Them, man. And did you, you did. Didn't you see me not look at the phone? I saw you didn't look at your little list. You just came up with that. It's a great question and that's a really great question. Um, I, I've never been on the other side of a great question. Like when you dish it out to someone and then you just get to sit there and watch them answer it. <laughs> but now I have to do I'm that. Like now squirm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely think the way that I do it is I allow myself to have those goals and I write them down and I figure out how I'm going to work towards something and what I need to put in to get that goal while remembering that is not going to make or break my life. And that that's not the key to happiness. Right. Like, like, do I I eventually want to possibly write a book? And does the part of me who's an achiever say, I want it to be a New York Times bestseller? Yes. Of course. (laughs) Like, you know, like if I'm going to go through it and write a book, I I would love an accolade, (laughs) which is horrible to say. But see, that's, that's the motivator in me. There we go. But then the new Zen me is trying to be like, well, Victoria, the book is about getting your story on paper. And if one person buys it and no one knows about it, that is enough. And I'm like, no, screw you. Yeah. It's like this (laughs) internal battle of different personalities. Right. So I think, you know, that's the answer there is, of course I have goals and I want to be motivated and I want to achieve them while also trying to remind myself on the other side of whatever happens, I will be fine. I also liked your use of the words hopes and dreams like in the same breath as goals. Like I think hopes and dreams is like things you aspire towards rather than like goals, like setting a limit. This is where I need to be. It comes back to perspective, which is Max Brown's bread and butter word, baby. Uh. Perspective. As long as you can have perspective on everything while you're going through it, that's going to be the key. Okay. I want to finish it off with this question. What are you most proud of 
I feel like you have so many things that you've created and that you've struggled out of and that you've, you've grown into. What tops that list? Oh my God. I don't even know. If I'm speaking out loud, it's proud is a tough word because it is also pride. Wait, what are the, what are the, isn't, yeah, pride is yeah, like, yeah, pride yeah, in something, yeah. you're proud of it. But isn't pride like a bad thing? You're having like, too much pride is like right. when you can't say sorry or like right. you have too much pride to like admit right. you're wrong, you know? Okay, okay. That's helpful to know because I, I have so many things I'm proud of. Like I don't even want to, I, I mean, I, it also I doesn't mean, have to be a concrete thing. Like, yeah. It like I just be, I guess general. like a lot of things come to mind. Like I think I'm really fucking proud of like what I did at USC. Like totally that I played in every single game for four years. Like I, I just like, I was valuable to that program and no one thought I would be. And I worked really hard to do that. And there were a lot of people that couldn't. And I figured out how to swim like at that school. And I'm proud of that. I think I also sometimes have flashbacks to how toxic my relationship with my body used to be. Yeah. And I think even like you and Nat and like even people in my life, like you guys know me now is like, isn't it crazy how you're like, oh, Vic would never let us say this about our bodies. Yes. Vic would encourage us to have dinner and eat whatever we want. Oh yeah. I was not like that. It was the exact I was the one that was calling you guys like we're all going on diets. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, oh, okay, we're having grapes for lunch and we're 12. All right. No, we were literally literally 12. And I was like, Aubrey, we are going to have this for like, I was the worst. Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, yes, master. (laughs) I will have three grapes for lunch. Yeah, no, it, it was, was to the point where the lunch, the the teacher on lunch duty had to like come and hover over us to make sure we were eating. And I would right. secretly throw my sandwich away. Right, 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 right. Oh my God. So sometimes I have these flashbacks of like, I mean, I remember reading this line in Janine Roth's book, Breaking Free from Emotional Eating. And it was like about this woman who got a box of chocolates and like forgot that she had the chocolates and they went stale. And I just remember reading that line, like I will never... Yeah. be that girl. Like I am too obsessed with food. I am too obsessed with my body. And I sometimes will have these moments where I am really proud of how far I've come with that because it's given me so much freedom in life Totally, um, to just sit with my body the way it is and to like have such a healthy relationship with food. There's just so much like more life to live when you're not consumed with that. And I think that's something I'm really proud of. I'm super proud of the hidden opponent. Like we mentioned earlier, I mean, the amount of athletes that are a part of that who are impacted. And that is such like a side passion project. It might seem on my page. Like I think even people are like, wait, what is this when I post about it? Even like my friends and family are like, what is this thing you do? And I'm like, oh, like the literal charity that like I started with Kobe fucking Bryant. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I mean, and that's even crazy is that, you know, Kobe at the time believed in that. And so, you know, and now there's like so many amazing people who work on that and volunteer their time every day who, you know, deserve so much thanks and the athletes that are a part of it. And, you know, so I'm proud of that. I think, and I, I, in general, I'm just proud of, I think, my growth that I've had as a person. You know, that's, that's all comes to mind. It's been so powerful to watch you from who, we all were in high school to who you are now. Like, it's just, you're the same 
person with your value. You've never changed with who you are, but like you've shifted who you are and those things that those character traits that like make you up into like such a powerful like right like positive energy like it's like you could do she's always had such such this like powerful energy inside of her and it's like you could use it for good or evil and like, <laughs> like, I was just thinking that like that's so funny like whatever she was gonna do it was gonna be big it was gonna be electric and like thank god you chose to do good with it right I'm like I was like a breath away from like having my own like diet totally diet workout and like totally. skinny me tea that I would have been selling <laughs> well it's funny you say that because people always say like how are you able to like give your TED talk and share your mental health story yeah and I'm like, I was always outgoing and like grab me the mic and put me on stage. Totally. So when I realized that there was such a stigma and I had been the, the one to finally personally experience depression, anxiety and embodiment yeah. issues, I was like, give me the freaking mic. Literally. Like, why are we talking about this? You know, so that is that's so true. <laughs> she could have been made for Literally, evil. I'm just like imagining like a superhero, super villain no, movie. Like, like my anti would be like telling oh, yeah. everyone to diet. No, totally. I'm like imagining your foil character oh, as like God. one of those girls who sells like skinny tea in a pyramid scheme. No, literally. <laughs> thank God that she did not. Thank God that this is the seed that grew from the root. Literally, literally. Thank God that foil character died. Oh my God, this was so This great. was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing on your me show. the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my show. I'll be back next week. Stay tuned. Subscribe below. Um, no, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to interview you. I feel like it's such a privilege. Oh, and of course. Feel so, feel so honored. Of course. You're the best. And I thought this went so well. I just knew with you, I would be able to, even like when I want to have Max do this, because I'm like, the people do love Max. It's just always Aubrey. It's always got to come back to Aubrey. Wait, I'm so sorry, Max. I do love you. Well, but- like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like crying because something happened and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to call Max. I'm going to give him the chance to console me because we need to work on this because Max is not good at comforting me. He, the man is just toxic positivity, but he can't help it. And so it, I always, a minute into the call, I'm like, why the F did I call Aubrey? <laughs> and then I hang up and I call you. Wait, you have to tell everyone I'm, what? what we were talking about with, um, you were like the other night, you're like, we are um like a year away from you having to choose Max. Oh my God. Okay. So Victoria and I have always like had this, had this thing with like boyfriends, whatever, like family. Family. Oh, family's been on the, basically like the analogy is like if you and X person were hanging off a cliff, like I'd obviously save you. Like, no, but like, it's gone a little too far. No, like, we would like, no, like literally I, I would have to choose. You. Like I would, I would have the privilege of, of course I would choose you. And the other night we're having a little sleepover and I was like, oh my God, Vic. We're a year away from you having to choose Max off the ledge of a cliff. Like I, I knew that I knew this day would come, but like, oh and god, she was like so sad about it. I was it. so sad, and she was like, she was like, well, maybe not till he's the father of my children. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, then I have a couple more. Years. That was so funny when you said that. She was like, actually, so sad. She's like, he's gonna be your number one. I was like, oh god, no one's gonna save me off the cliff now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm alone <laughs> but yeah oh my god hilarious well thanks for interviewing me this thank was you. great I love everyone who's listening to this thank you for tuning in to an episode about me I know god forbid um, and with this whole thing has just been a celebration of RealPod being over a million downloads which is freaking crazy over a hundred episodes and I am so so grateful and this is something I'm proud of you know like the podcast 
for the first 50 weeks and 50 episodes did not make a dime. No one helped me. It was not with the network and it took a lot. And the only reason I did it was because people were listening and that meant so much to me. So thanks for tuning in, you know, to this podcast where like Aubrey said, it's about coming on and just getting real and doing like, I think today was the perfect example of what I wanted this show to be. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. If you got all the way to the end of this episode, let's do a fun little like Easter egg. Like, please go comment on the Instagram. The cliff emoji. The cliff emoji. The cliff emoji. <laughs> Wait, is that too dark? No, it's so funny. Okay, because if, if you really did make it to the end. Okay, or you can comment a heart. You know, just let us know you listened. Just let us know. Um, but love you guys so much and thank you for listening. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.